I, I found myself hesitating to to kiss someone like someone that I really wanted to kiss you're scared because making that first move is setting setting yourself down a long path of of potential insecurity of vulnerability and whatnot um, so you're thinking that maybe if you're avoidant as soon as someone acts cold towards you you know that your avoidant instinct is going to make you run and you're going to self-sabotage I'm like oh um, just to let you know like I'm, I'm, I'm really attracted to you like I'm high as fuck right now um, I've been thinking about how to make a move on you for the last hour and a half I'm just letting you know and then he was just like Oh, like I could, I could tell, and then I just like, I just relaxed, and then he kissed me, and it was fine. You are locked into another episode of Make Talk, the people's platform home to quit POC millennial conversation. Big up yourself if you're locked in for the first time. We're your people, your team, your community, and manners and respect if you're locked in for another episode. Like for raw. I appreciate the love and support. Mm. And also, thank you for all of the birthday wishes. Like, you are actually showed up and showed out. When like, was your birthday? 7th of December, a couple of days ago. Oh, shit. Happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Extra love. Nah. I'm telling you, like, especially the Instagram community, you mm. showed up and out for real, for real. Like, it was... Appreciate you. Mm. But um, you can tune into every single episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like, we're in quite a few different spaces. But the best thing is head over to Make Talks Online on Instagram. And then click on the link tree in my bio and then you can tune in via whatever platform you would like. And just to let you know as well, I'm going to be on YouTube soon, you know. Period. Periana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gonna, the, I, I, want, I, want to see, I want to see it. Yes, yeah. we're going to be like, we, we had clips. We started off with clips and mm. now we've got 60 minute to 90 minute visuals and stuff. Mm. So yeah, we've upgraded, you know, Pete. But anyway... I am here with the community's babe, public figure, <laughs> Glow. Hey guys, my name is Glow. If you don't know, then get to know. Get to know. Period. So just first and foremost, man, how's your week been? What's been going on? Oh, I've had a shit week. <laughs> oh, I, I, I want to hear all about it. This has it. been a week from... What, what has even happened this week? What has... Give me a sec. Um, I feel like last weekend, I feel like I had a very, very long weekend. Like I was out, I was out, I was out. And so, you know the, you know when you have like a long like binge drinking night? Mm-hmm. It just throws off your whole week. Yeah. Because like, your, your timing's bad. Like, you don't do a lot of the things you need to do. Um, and then um, I, I, I realised it was my um, good friend's birthday on Wednesday. We haven't been friends for that long, so we haven't had a birthday yet. Okay. So when I realised it was their birthday, I was like, okay, well, I have to pull out all the stops now. Like, um, So it was like 24 hours, like, frantic, panicking, like, trying to pull together a, surpri- a little surprise party for them. Oh, that's cute. Um, we managed to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that really threw off my week, I can't lie. Like, mm-hmm. um um and then yeah honestly honestly i've just been really excited for today the yeah. weekend i was just like yeah i haven't podcasted in so long um happy to be here um i have a date later mm. um, oh we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna get into the whole topic of dating yeah and um then it's my friend's christmas party later do you know you so, are a socialite you know like yeah. either do you know what you see if i go out more than once on the weekend Everything from Monday to Thursday is now fried to a fricassee. Like that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, like that was proper, me. It proper di- it like what's the word? Dysregulates me. Yeah, yeah. Like every it, and I don't drink, but you see when I did drink, and you see when there were party sweets involved as well. Mm. Listen, it was like I start picking. I, I start to pick up my vibration about two thirty on a Thursday. Yeah, ready for Friday. Mash up myself again, <laughs> <laughs> and then Monday is hell. So yeah. like. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> we got the good side of you then. Mm, no, mm. but that was actually, I just wanted to um, pick up on what you were saying about your new friend. And mm. 
Like, I think that's really special because... I think sometimes like the first year of a friendship, there isn't really much pressure or expectation yeah. to celebrate anything annually or have those moments because you're still kind of figuring it mm-hmm. out. So like the fact that you actually took it upon yourself to be like, oh, let's let's actually do something and yeah. have as a surprise. Like why? Yeah, why did you do that? Or what what was the energy behind that? Do you know what is it? I feel like this year. I mean, last year was the year that I said, okay, everything I do now is going to be really intentional. Um, I started with dating and inner child work and whatnot. Mm. Um, and obviously I have a lot of friends. I'm very social. So this year I've kind of been like, kind of been uh, trying to be a lot more intentional with my friendships. It's like, mm. yes, a lot of people would call me their friend, but the people that I name as my friends are people that like, I upkeep conversations with. Like I, I make sure I check on their well being. Like I try and schedule quality time with them, even though I don't have much. Um, mm. So this friend is someone where it's like, they came into my life just when I was like, okay, anybody that I choose from now, your family. So it's like, if your family, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go hard for you, especially this person for context. Um, they are not from London. They don't have many friends here. Um, they've been such a good welcoming friend to me, like the last few months, like letting me in their space, like just letting me be comfortable around them. Um, mm. And I feel like we've grown very close very quickly. So I was like, I need you to feel that because your birthday is in December. So if I don't do it this year, you're going to have to wait a whole nother 12 months to feel that love. Um, mm. And you might not have that long because oh, I can't lie, street, life is hard. Like, life is hard. So I was just like, yeah, with the little money and little time I have, mm. let's let's be doing something something big. Mm. That's, that's beautiful, man, mm. for real. And there was something that I actually want to kind of lean into before we even get into like your backstory and all the good stuff just around friendships because I think I was talking about this with Roxanne last week that friendships in London Mm. I think it's a different it's a different beast to (laughs) the most parts of the world and I think it kind of speaks to also large cities as well but it's like what does friendship actually mean to you? Okay so I have I actually have a a hierarchy of friendships Mm -hmm. right everybody who fits on this hierarchy can be called the word friend right? Mm-hmm. They do not hold the same value, right? So at the top is close friends, right? That's like your best friends. Those are people you speak to regularly, people you make effort with regularly. Um, if you can't physically see them a lot, you might FaceTime them, you might call them, whatnot. Those are people whose lives you're pretty much up to date with, like you're comfortable telling them your, your secrets, your traumas, whatnot. You trust them, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have Underneath close friends, you have good friends. Those are people who may or may not have been close friends at some point, but they're not. it's not consistent enough for you to call them a close friend. There's not as much proximity there. Mm-hmm. So it's like the people that you that you see like a couple times a year, but when you see each other, the love is still there. Mm-hmm. And you trust them, but there's not enough consistency and there's not enough pressure. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like close friendship has pressure. There's expectations there. Mm-hmm. Good friends, it's like, oh, this is my good friend. I trust, I trust her, but like, I, I'm not going to see her for the next few months. Yeah. Um, and then underneath that is friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and friend usually has an, a word that comes in front of it. It might be work friend. It might be outside friend. It might be um, influencer friend. It might be PR friend. It might be this this friend, this friend, this friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, this is where roles come in. So under, so I feel like close friends and good friends, they tend to like embody a lot of different roles. Mm-hmm. But just normal friends, it might be like, oh, this is my friend from work. Oh, this is my friend who like, we, we see each other at parties and like, we cool. We might we might reply to each other's stories. Like we might enjoy, invite each other out. Like mm. if a crisis really happened, like I'm I'm here if you need to talk to me. But like we don't have that expectation of each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath that is acquaintance. These are the people who I just see outside or I just see online. Um, mm-hmm. 
there's love there. Don't know them well enough. Don't necessarily trust them, but I don't. I don't need to trust them to have a good relationship with them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that's that, that's. This me. is well fucking thought out. I, I know Thank that there's you. a bag um, of people out here with their fucking <laughs> notes because it's something. Since I hit maybe like my mid twenties, my mid to late twenties, I found it difficult because. I always had friends growing up, mm. especially like in high primary school, high school, college. Like, mm. I had a lot of friends and I had my close knit friends as well, which kind of helped me to feel quite secure in many ways. Mm. Like, I think there's a lack of in- security in teenage dynamics anyway, because yeah. you know, you're <laughs> just not serious and you don't know how to hold space for each other kind mm. of thing. But I did have consistent, really close ties and so on. But when it kind of got to a point where and like you guys can listen back to the episode I just did with um, Icicle where I was saying that I put myself in kind of like solitude and I, I was like, fuck y'all because mm. I'm chasing down mm. gal too much. I'd had so many friendship heartbreaks. I was like, no, nah, I need to just, I've got my career and it's going well, but what would happen if I just cut all of this shit off mm. and focused for like the next five years? What will happen? And I did that. I did that, but then coming back out of that now, I'm coming back into, say, consciousness and friendships, probably like 28, 29. Mm. And that's not to say, like, I went partying and doing some things, like, but my intentions for connection wasn't there. I just wanted to have, to let off some steam whilst I'm focusing. So I'm working two jobs and I'm doing my second degree, Mm. but I'm out raving. I'm just busting. Did I not get lonely though? Do you know what? Maybe nearer the end Mm. where I kind of felt the need to come out of that. But actually it was very empowering because at that point I was learning about boundaries, that I do have the ability to influence and have a say in what happens around me in the relationships that Mm. I'm having. I got to learn my own core values, my own, um, what's the word, core values and my own social systems, Yeah. right? Because I didn't really have very much of a strong personality. I've always been very laid back. So you kind of go with the ocean. I was finding myself uncomfortable in a lot of spaces because I'm not actually influencing or dictating what I want or putting my needs forward. So actually being alone allowed me to be empowered because I'm doing everything that I want when I want. There's no, I haven't got to think about anyone. Yeah. So it was like a real revelation, but then... As you said, I kind of thought, ah, oh, you know what? I feel like I'm missing out on those bonds. Yeah. But then when you're like late 20s, 30s, life has changed again. You've got people in serious relationships and people's availability is very different to when you're like in your early 20s and so on. So I say all of that to say like, it's been a real journey. Mm. And like, even I'm trying to work out what does a close friendship look like in this phase of my life versus when I was like 21, 22. Yeah. That looks very different because you've got all this time you're in college. You know, like when you're in college and stuff and you've got... It's so gay, you've got, like... Yeah, you've got like... <laughs> you might not even go to college on Tuesday and you've got like a three-hour break and it just looks very, very different. Yeah. Especially if you've got a relationship, if you've got children, if you've got a career and a job mm. and all of these other responsibilities. So I'm still very much trying to decipher what... You see those different tiers? What yeah. they look like. And actually, I think some of those tiers might have even have dropped out. Yeah. So you've got like close friends, you've got good friends, and then there's almost like acquaintances. Yeah. So like, yeah, I was just like thinking out loud. But I wanted to ask you, like, how do you identify the ops? Because hmm. you're a very hmm. visible person. Yeah. Right? And I think there's a, a preconception that can come with people. It's like, oh, there are benefits to being your friend or to be seen with you or affiliated with you and so on. I'm glad you said it. And do you know what? <laughs> Look, I humbly say this, you know, I've got my little podcast, my little corner of the world. And 
I started to clock that. Like, it's not this, I've only yeah. been podcasting a couple of years, you know, so, and I've always been very humble, a very open person. Mm. I'll embrace you. Mm. I give trust until you break it. And when it's gone, like, it's yeah. a wrap. Like, I don't want to fuck with you no more. But I'm having to really learn as part of my healing journey about reading people's intentions mm. and being able to spot them. And I'm still not perfect at it. So I just wanted to kind of like talk about that. Like, so how do you spot people's intentions? How are you weeding out? Uh, you know the little snakes in the grass and stuff i don't necessarily have ops as in people have bad intentions with me mm -hmm. but there's obviously a lot of people because you don't have to be anybody for somebody to want proximity to you for their own gain right very good point um you could you could i don't know like work at tesco go out like once a year and someone will want proximity to you because they see you as useful mm -hmm. so a lot of the time i do i do get that energy from certain people i'm just like oh like, i can tell that you you want you want to, you want something that I have, like you want to be my friend because you see me going to certain spaces or you see me around certain people mm -hmm. or you see me doing certain jobs or whatnot. Um, I'm like, that's fine with me, honestly. Because <laughs> my thing is like, I am so cool with people like that if th they make their intentions clear. Because yeah. I will literally, I'll meet someone and I'll, I'll tell them like, oh, like I think I, th I think this is really cool that like, what you're doing. Like I would love to like hang out and like talk about this more. Well, like, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I want to be your best friend or that I want to date you, but, yeah. like, um, I just I just say that, like, it, for me, it's less about, like, weeding certain people out or, like, prevent, not giving them access to me. It's more so, like, um, changing my expectations based on the context. It's, like, mm. if I can tell that someone only wants to be my friend because, like, they think I'm quote-unquote cool, then I'm, like, okay, well, I know not to trust you with, like, I don't know, like my, my financial <laughs> situation yeah. or like my family traumas, or whatnot. I'm like, I know that this is a person that, oh, if I if I need to go to like an influencer event, this is someone that I can rely on because they will be enthusiastic to show up and conduct oh, themselves yeah. in a way that, that they deem as cool. I'm like, yeah, you can hang out with me. That's cool. Um, and I think I think people tend to have a very good understanding of like my social my social like um, kind of like boundaries because it's like, yes, I'm I'm friendly with everybody. But the people that you see me interact with on the timeline, for example, is the same sorts of people. The, the people that you see me post on my stories, usually the same, the same people, the same people, the same people. Like I might have conversations with like, I don't know, 12 people a day. But out of that 12, the 12 people who are talking to me know that they're not, they're not my best friends. Like, that's fine. Um, Do you know yeah. what? I feel like that there's two things. Mm. Well, three things. One, transparency. Yeah. Being really transparent because I, that's something that really makes me feel uncomfortable, and it's probably just thinking about it, a trigger point. Mm. You see, when people aren't being transparent, and then there's a yeah. there's that moment where I'm like, hold on a minute, <clears throat> this isn't what it seems. Yeah. Or maybe there's an ulterior motive here um, that I'm not be feeling too comfortable with, and sometimes it could be tied to just how motivated I am, because I will. You see, if you've got an idea, I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. And then we start chopping it up and I'm like, okay. Da, da, da. Oh, and, and you know what? Some people really like having that energy. So it yeah. could be for all kinds of things. But again, transparency. Then you're coming from an abundant space rather than a, um, a fear space, a mm. fear response. Because I think for me, and I know there are other people that can relate where it's like things have happened and you're like, okay, I want to keep people at arm's length. Mm. Because access or proximity equates to risk yeah, or potential yeah. things happening. But actually, if you can interpret that as to, no, I can just manage that and I can take my time to read the person and see mm. where they could fit in my life 
and hold that space there. That that's okay. Mm. So I think there was that. And then what was the third one now? Um, like you know yourself. Mm. You know you you've identified a very clear structure of how you choose to interact with people. Mm. You and it doesn't feel like you're at the beck and call of how people want to interact with you. Mm. You very much kind of own that. Like I think I still struggle with that a bit though. Yeah. Um, I think you know obviously, obviously like when you've been friends with people for like a longer longer amounts of time, sometimes they still hold you to certain standards that you had set before. Mm. For example, it's like now I now I know that I'm I'm not necessarily the best friend right now to like be committal to plans. Um most of the time I see my friends, it's at events because it's low cost, it's convenient, and I can decide last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone was just like, oh, do you want to go go for dinner like in three weeks' time on this random Thursday? I don't know if I can yet. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I want to. Um, so I think a lot of the time, um, I think this is more of a thing of like closer friendships or, or friendships where I've been friends with people for a while. I find it really hard to be like, oh, no, I don't want to. Mm. That's the one phrase that I really struggle with. If I, I can say it to my best friends, I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want to. They won't ask me for an explanation. But I feel like certain people have like, this isn't shade by the way. But if you take, I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's like I think people tend to have an entitlement to me. It's like people expect me to be down for anything. People expect me to be to be free to want to drink, um, right. to be excited by things. I'm like, oh, I actually don't really care about partying that much. Like, I party a lot because I like seeing people. Like, right, right, right. Like, you could invite me to the most lit motive tomorrow, and if, if nobody that I care about is going to be there, I probably won't go. <laughs> like, It's less about the motive and more about that interaction, that yeah. space, that... Yeah, Same way, it. like, like when God willing, when I get like a my next good job, I'm like, you won't see me at parties because I'll be going for dinners with my friends one on one, or I'll be making time for people because I can afford to. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, don't worry. In 2024, we're not doing any more pushover shit. <laughs> um. No, but I feel like there's a whole section that we haven't even got into. I could jump straight into the topic, but I thought we're here. Yeah. Let's take the moment. We're here, we're but, queer. Yeah, so like, <laughs> I think a lot of people will recognise your face. I mean, it's um, a good face. Very pretty. Thanks. Very pretty. <laughs> um, but it's like, what is it, that, What? how would you describe what it is that you do from a occupation perspective? Okay. Let's see, this 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 has recently changed. Mm-hmm. How, how I would identify as like a, I guess a creative, but I would say um, presenter slash host. Um, yeah. Um, the things I actually do, um, podcasting, although my podcast hasn't come out in like months, but we're working on it. Um, podcasting, content creation, um, modeling, um, casting, assisting, um, and just like, oh, performance poetry as well. So like just mm-hmm. literally just curating and producing. Mm. But um, right now, I mean, the main reason I started getting into content creation is because I want to host more shows. Um, be on more shows, um, interview cool people, um, and eventually be Oprah. But better because, yeah. I can be your girl. Yeah. Yeah, we can be, yeah. I can we'll, be your we'll girl. We'll <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel I, there's a lot of things actually that you said that I definitely want to head down that road. Because yeah. podca- pos- podcasting just came about. It was just, there's a whole backstory, but it was never something I considered. Yeah. I'm a HR person. Yeah. I'm a HR person and I love doing it i love corporate but it was just something that cropped up and through this i've started to see like okay there are so many different ways in which you can show up in spaces how you can 
communicate. So I like to talk. Yeah. I love Can to I ask, talk. Mm. So you, obviously you, you host your podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you produce it and edit it as well? No. I'm so glad you said that. Absolutely. That, that's why that's that's why my podcast hasn't come out in months. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to delegate right now. Do you know what? I, I would say this. I loved the idea of being able to do all things and be all things for mm. the podcast. But kind of going back to what I was saying, I like to talk. I don't like to sit at a computer and do all of this. This not like that. I tried <laughs> it and I said, "No, this is driving me crazy. It's <laughs> sucking the actual fun out yeah. of it." And I'm not with my whole ADHD brain. Same. Like, bruh, when I'm looking at, it's like I'm looking at fucking hieroglyphics. I'm like, no, 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 no. And no. there's nothing worse than having to listen back to a session where I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know what I said because I was there. Like, you don't mm -hmm. need, I don't need to hear this again. Like, I was there. Mm -hmm. um, Is that exactly that? So. I have like audio editor, a visual editor, and then I just do the social media thing. But even okay. I'm trying to delegate that. I was going to say, find an intern child. Yeah, like we have to talk. You have to show me yeah, how yeah, to yeah. do that because like, it's, a, it's a lot of work. We'll have a proper discussion because like, the thing is, I feel like I've gotten to the point where it's like, I know how, I'm, how I want my pod to be moving forward. Mm -hmm. I'm just giving myself a break. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think delegating is <laughs> a big, big thing because it's like, I actually enjoy editing. Okay. I enjoy doing the social media. I enjoy all of it. Mm. But I don't want to just be a podcaster. So because I'm also a content creator, because I'm also a model, because I also want to do other things and, and blah, blah, it's like if I wanted to have my fingers in like every single part of like what I do, I won't have any time. It's like I might enjoy it. But if if like, again, I'm not a full time podcaster. So like if it's not my job. like mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So it just doesn't make sense for me to do everything myself. Um, it's, it's like focusing on the best bits of yeah. what you, what it is that you do in terms yeah. of like all the different hats that you wear yeah. and then doing those things really well and where you can delegate because I'm not going to lie, like, I'm not much of a doer, you know? Even at like with my work, the work that I do, mm. I like to work through people. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I've got a vision, I've got an idea. I don't mind, I quite enjoy getting things off the ground. You see, kind of like getting it to pilot stage yeah. and then once it goes up, once we've had a successful pilot and we're about to commit to it, then thinking about how can I bring the right people in? Yeah, how, to, how to like make it autonomous? Yeah, because like yeah. the thing is, I recognize they're gonna do it better than me anyway. But like I will do it well because okay, of motivation. But the thing is, I'm not a specialist in all those things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do I bring those specialists in, and then we can work in a team, a very much yeah. a collaborative way. I love that and then I bounce off of your ideas and then you might say, Meg, have you thought about that? I'm like, no. I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, why are we not doing this? All? Yeah. So that's that where I thrive and I think you're right because it does buy you, afford you more time. Yeah. Do you know what I'm coming? And you're not running yourself ragged trying to be everything to everyone and all things because you're you're genuinely gifted. Yeah. That is a fact. You're genuinely gifted. So it's that like, is. how do you hone in on that? Yeah. And, uh, and I'm glad you said, you even said gift because I was saying to myself recently, Okay, yes, yes, sure you can produce. Sure you, you can be good at social media. I'm sure you can even sharpen those skills as you go along. Mm. I'm like, that's not why you started the podcast. You started the podcast because your gift is is articulating yourself and inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And the role that, that comes under is hosting, presenting. So whilst you might be as amazing at social media, whilst you, you can produce a podcast, you can you can mix and master the sound and whatnot, <laughs> that's not your gift like that's not why you started it so i'm like okay let's just like strip everything back mm -hmm. how can how can you host and do nothing else you delegate mm 
So now it's finding people to trust, <laughs> which is the hard thing. Cause oh, Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm an avoidant attachment person. So <laughs> it's so it's so strange because it's like I always tell people I'm avoidant attachment. It's like people who meet me now they're just like you don't seem it because it's like you go out of your way to be social and whatnot. I'm like yeah because I'm I'm trying to do better. But when it comes to trusting people, especially when it comes to work, hmm. Because it's, do you know what? Sometimes this is a complete contradiction. What I was saying, but mm. I understand because it's easier to do it yourself. Yeah. Rather than have to work with people through people, because you've got to then develop them, and then if something goes wrong, mm. you still end up doing the work or whatever. Yeah, it is. and you have to like build a language with each other as yeah, well. Yeah, that rapport. Yeah. Do you know? I feel some. This this is con- this can be a controversial one, but hey, we're here. Oops. Like I well. think. <laughs> I think like and in terms of like the black queer community, I think mm. it's we're evolving. I don't want to seem like I'm not acknowledging that because I think we are. But sometimes having those partnerships can be difficult. Or in like and, a workspace. Um, like in a professional or a creative way, right? And See. the reason and the reason why I say that is because. Let me draw it back to this. Let me put a pin in this and use an analogy. Like at mm. church, yeah, they say like whether you're um doing the meet and greet, whether you're putting the Bibles out, whether you're setting up chairs, whether you're the youth pastor, whether you're the pastor, whatever it is, like all of those different serve um, the way that you're serving forms as part of the body of the church. Mm. So there's the elbow, there's the toner, there's the finger, there's the eye. Mm. But what I find a lot in our cultures, everybody wants to be the face. I so was what literally so, just thinking. So that. what it means is that there isn't enough support. To mm. allow the people that are the faces, quote unquote, yeah. to grow. So then this is where the team issue becomes because there's a lot of competition, right? And I'm like, I would love for us to get to a space whereby actually it doesn't need to be a competing thing. Mm. And that, it, that not everybody can play a different role and a different function, which allows us all to move mm. forward. Because when I look at where the states is in terms of black queer culture, admittedly, yes, they've got numbers on their side in terms mm. of population, but we don't get behind things and people enough mm. to the fullest capacity that we could mm. and i think that hurts me and then the other thing i'll add is there are so many partnerships that end dramatically now hmm. that is across the board all cultures all races but the yeah. thing is we're a very small community so when that happens that can become quite problematic yeah, and then it sends ripples and it hinders us from progressing mm. as a community collectively. Mm. You know, so I, yeah, I was just throwing it out there that I was talking to my friend about this in the car today. And I think, I don't know what the solution is, but it's something I've definitely kind of observed. And I think, yeah, it's a it's a challenge for us. But like, but we're here. And like I yeah. said, oh, I want to I learn about the intern thing. You're like, let's have a conversation. Yeah. But it's like, is that an ego? Like what, what not, not in that scenario, but you see yeah. like the opposite. Does that, is that ego? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um, anyway, I wanted to ask you a bit about your background. So, like, where are your people from? Like, where did okay. you grow up? What was all of that like? Um, born and raised in South London. Um, my mum's Ugandan. My dad's Nigerian and Cameroonian. So, East and West, weird mix. But, um, <laughs> yeah, born and raised. Um, um, I grew up, like, single child um, to my mum. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'll ask you another question because I'm, I'm, you know, when someone asks you an open-ended yeah, yeah, question. Yeah, 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 no, 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 but I think that could, that would that would you answer yeah. it in a nutshell. It's like you're an only child. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's like I have siblings, but I grew up an only child. Okay, so like, how how do you think that's kind of influenced the way that you navigate the world? Um, well, obviously, I'm autistic, um, and I think that um, growing up, I think it meant that I was kind of like I was kind of a bit more intentional about finding my people. People who have siblings. It's like. 
you know that whatever happens, you can have no friends at school. You come home and you have like a friend, even if you don't get along. Like mm. that's your friend because that's your sibling, right? Mm. Um, but I think it meant that like when I was at school, I was like actively seeking connections. I was like, I was like, hmm, who's weird? Who who seems fun? Who can I be myself around? Obviously, I didn't know that I was being that intentional at that young age, but um, yeah, like because I recently reconnected with my actual best friend from like um when I was like six years old like as in like some of my earliest like formative memories are just like being in her presence like mm. not even doing anything like spectacular just being around her and um obviously we didn't know at the, t- at the time but we're both autistic we both have ADHD and I'm pretty sure we both have bipolar disorder so mm. just kin kin already like this <laughs> is a, this is a white girl we don't we don't relate in like terms of like creed or race but like um and then maybe like a year ago I think because we we lost contact as you do when you're kids. Um, maybe like a year ago, she hit me up on Instagram. She was like, "Apologies if like this is the wrong person, but like, did you used to go by like this name and like you went to this school um in th- in these years?" And I was like, "You don't know how long I've been searching for you." <laughs> it was so it was such. A, I literally cried. I was like, "You don't know how long I have been trying to find you online." Um, and then obviously through talking and whatnot, we came to realize that we did share we did share the fact that we're both autistic we both have adhd and whatnot mm-hmm. and i'm like even just like the instinctive like um magnetism to one another without actually knowing why mm-hmm. we were we were drawn to each other is crazy and i think that kids are really good at that adults aren't as good at, at that adults are so bad at choosing choosing their people well like we are so sh- we don't know shit like <laughs> why would you think that is what do you think changes between when you're younger as a child and then when you get into that adult stage like what what's different and why do you think that happens i think one capitalism so i think a lot of um teenage and a lot of teenage and adult friendships are like built around this utilitarian idea of like people need to be useful Mm -hmm. you might not even realize you're doing it but it's like you don't want to be friends with the popular person because because you think that they're interesting or because you're so attracted to them i mean you might be but it's like you want to be friends with them because you think that it will elevate your social status. You think it will give you a freedom. You think it will give you protection. You think it will make you feel better about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. um, And that brings me on to the next part, which is ego. Um, children don't have as big ego. I mean, children's egos aren't as like as aren't as bad as adult ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, they don't, they have like um, a different sense of like consequence. They don't have real world problems. Um, um, so yeah, I think when children tend to make friendships, it tends to be more pure. Um, like you, the base desire of like this person seems interesting or likable, I'm gonna go there. Mm-hmm. Or like they seem fun, or I can be silly around them. Let me go there. And I think obviously as I've been more intentional with my friendships, that's what my friendships are starting to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, being completely candid, when I was a teenager, um, I always I always knew I want to be popular. I want to be cool. Like the person I am now was very much like twelve year old me couldn't have even imagined. But like like this this was this was the vision like this was this was not an accident um um but i think where i failed in some of my friendships as a teenager it's like yes i i was a very good friend to a lot of my friends but i just think sometimes i blur the lines between social climbing and genuine intentional friendship mm. and i don't think i was necessarily i mean i was undiagnosed bipolar i didn't know what i was doing half the time <laughs> but um i think also, the lack of like self awareness and the lack of intention meant that I didn't know how to differentiate the two. Yeah, and I wasn't being honest with myself about why I wanted to be friends with certain people, or I wasn't necessarily being myself. I was masking a lot. Um, with autism, I was like, kind of like pretending to be who I thought people needed me to be 
for me to still be accepted. Um, mm -hmm. It meant being a pushover. It meant sometimes being uh, overly sarcastic and bitchy, gossiping. Um, it meant, yeah, just not 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 being someone that I would want to be friends with today. Honestly, some of the people that I, that I I see trying to gain proximity to me now remind me of when I'm si I was sixteen. I'm like, ill, like grow grow the fuck up, like. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I can't remember what the point of that tangent was. But I think oh yeah, intentionality with um, choosing friends. I think obviously coming into adulthood and learning that I'm autistic um, and accepting that and sort of doing the work to like mask less has given me so much more freedom because now I'm I'm 24 I'm like I I go to like an influencer party and it's not the person with the biggest followers that I want to be friends with it's the person who's actually making conversation and being silly and like isn't afraid to look stupid dancing like whilst everyone's standing like in the corner being stush like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah do you know there's there was something that you were saying about kind of bringing it back to children like children can kind of see people for who they are mm. and in a really unjaded way and then make a a, a conscientious, conscientious decision about yeah does that work for me or does it not? And that whole idea of social capital mm. as you get older. Mm, and that intentionality, like are we being honest and intentional with how we show up in spaces and the relationships that we're mm. forming? And that can even go down to like romantic dating. Mm. Because I know when I was younger, I just wanted to be, the thing is that I was a dweeb. <laughs> now I was just like low key in my heart I was a fucking dweeb and the thing is I loved the dweebs like, mm. the dweebs are the ones that they've got like the lamest jokes but it's funny or like yeah. they we know word for word like a whole episode of a show yeah. do you know what I'm coming for or we like we all love the same musical and we know the, all of the songs and the dances I loved that and the cool kids didn't necessarily afford me that opportunity mm. or if I'm doing too much I'm wanting to be flamboyant now it's like you know <laughs> but at that same it. token I recognised the social equity being attached to them. Mm. And that was always a bit of a conflict in me that around, whether it's the skaters, whether it was like my little quiet brethren, my little dorky brethren, my performing mm. arts brethren, I was really much myself. And then when I, just sitting here in contrast to like the quote unquote popular kids, it was like a version of myself that I thought that they would accept. Same. And I wish, and you know, there's a part of me that I was like, I wish I could have just been my little dweeby self yeah. over there and see how that, just giving myself the chance. Mm. But it, I also recognise it just didn't feel like a safe space for me yeah. to be able to open up in that way. And as an adult, vulnerability with strangers, oh, that <laughs> can feel very, very scary. That yeah. can feel very, very scary. And I think I just need to be more intentional about giving people the right people the time. Because mm. I'm always busy. I'm always fucking busy. But that's because I've got a busy brain. I was just busy myself. Doing <laughs> yeah. all kind of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I always just find something to do. But it's like, okay, what does intentional diary management look like in yeah. terms of managing relationships the same way I'm at work? I'm better at work because I know what's expected of me. I know how to do that. But socially, it's not the same. It doesn't translate. Yeah. Do you know where I'm coming from? And even um, with everyone trying to be cool, that throws me because they're masking. So then, being ADHD, I can't even read your social cues yeah, even yeah. more. And I'm like, nah, this is fucking me up. Like, do these people even fuck with me at this point? I'm like, well, what's going on here? Yeah. And then I can feel like there's an incongruence in the environment because it's like, what? there's something going on here that I can't pick up on, but it doesn't feel comfortable for me. Yeah. So I'm having to learn, like, what are they, what does, I've learned, what does peace look like? But what does peace look like in uncomfortable environments? Mm. Because before I'd be like, I'm not putting myself in that situation to be here feeling uncomfortable. But actually, you have to network. Mm. You do have to branch out. You do. There was something that you said, actually. Um, 
You know, Exposure people, therapy. People always say that phrase to me. There was something that you said, because I just be talking. But mm-hmm. people just like, yeah, you, you said you said something really insightful. I'm like, I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, it was exposure therapy. Yes, yes. That was the word yes. that you used earlier on. And it is kind of this balance between not wanting to put yourself in circumstances that are not for you, but yeah. also that balance of exposure therapy because you do need to put yourself in uncomfortable scenarios yeah. to grow. And I think that's how you begin to like, again, make connections with different people. Mm. So it's like, I met you at Swipe Your Sign. Yeah. And I think we started talking because of that. Like, I think it was a jacket that you were wearing. And I was like, no, that jacket. It was, yeah. it was, there was like something that you was wearing, like a jumper. So I was like, no, this is cold. Like, this is sick. And then within the first few moments, we both realized we both had ADHD. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I'm it was like, such yeah. a relief. I can't lie. Because I was so, I was so like, uh, there was just a lot going on at, at that event. Mm. Obviously, I was on a date. Like, there was there was so many people there. Like, it mm. was a new environment. Like, it was just a lot. But like, that really like brought me, it brought me out of the, the haze. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I, at that moment, I was like, oh, okay. Like, it, the little seven-year-old me, oh, like, okay, found a little friend here. Yeah. Like, in the worst case, worst, we're going to sit down and talk. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where I'm coming from? Because I know I could be my dweeby little self in here. And, and it, it, again, like, I understand people, it's a professional environment in many respects and stuff, but mm. I can't not just be me. Like, I'm, this is me everywhere. Yeah. Go and find me in a boardroom. Go and find me at home with my parents. Go and find me with my partner here. I'm all mm. very much one of the same person i was actually gonna say i don't i don't believe in professionalism when it comes to self mm. um mm-hmm. i've found that obviously as i've like started to navigate industry more um been in certain rooms even in conversations like ceos like shareholders board members they respond way better to me when i'm unapologetically me i i think i mean this is a this is a kind of tangent as well it's something that i notice a lot when i'm at like pr events or influencer events right mm. I'm usually the the person in the room who's the most himself. I hope you can't hear my stomach crumbling, but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm usually the first person to break the ice or to like kind of disarm people because I come in, I see everybody like kind of like anxious, apprehensive. They don't know how to act, and then I'm just like, I'm like, how's your day been? Like, cause mine's been shit. Like, I can't lie. Like, mm. I'm not in anyone's mood today. Like, I'm like, listen, I'm I'm here for my photos. I'm here to get drunk, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm out. And then once I once I like do that little bit or whatever. I literally see people's shoulders drop. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, like I can, I can just be myself. And I'm like, yeah, like it really, it really breaks my heart sometimes because I tend to see. I think I, I think I'm the opposite to you in the sense that like I'm very, very sensitive to people masking. Mm-hmm. I like when I when I see people, I can tell who in the room has autism. I can tell who in the room has ADHD. I'm just like, it kind of pains me to watch everyone like be like so constipated in a space. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, I just wish that you knew that you could just be yourself. So I feel like. When I'm in certain spaces, I find my inner child like like desperate to like to like just like shake people's hand and be like, oh my god, let's play, like let's play, like um, which is probably why people like me. Because <laughs> you know what, when you're yourself, you give permission to other people to be there. Exactly. It takes because they're not in front of you, thinking about the expectation that you have of the version of them that they have to show. Yeah. Now it's just like okay, no, it's cool. I can, I can be myself and. That in and of itself takes so much pressure off. It's mm. you leave the you leave the event and you don't even feel as tired as yeah. you would necessarily if you have to do all of yeah. that. But I recognize, I do recognize why you know people might feel that they need to do that, yeah. and also the security and safety that it can provide because it's a cold world out there, you know. Mm. And being vulnerable, being yourself, does make you very vulnerable, mm. and it can hurt a lot, especially if you feel shut down or you're not received in the way that you might like to in terms of being embraced. Like it can be, um, 
it can be difficult. But I wanted to kind of tap into what you were talking about with this exposure therapy. Like, mm. what does that mean to you? So exposure therapy to me is um, obviously exposing myself to anything that makes me uncomfortable, but doing it with intention. It's not just, oh, I have a fear of spiders, so I'm going to go and pick up a spider. Mm. It's, I have a fear of spiders, so... I'm gonna first unpack why I might be afraid of spi spiders, what biases I've picked up like growing up, um, what media I've consumed, which has like, reinforced that bias. Um, doing some research on my like threshold. I'm not, I'm I'm arachnophobic. I'm not afraid of all spiders. I love tarantulas down. Like if a tarantula was in this room right now, I would pick it up, ah. put it on my shoulder. Ah. But you would. My man and David would have to carry me over his shoulder. <laughs> like, I would be in complete princess when I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like, okay, so so then I have to ask myself the question, why do you like tarantulas and why are you afraid of other spiders? Right. Because tarantulas are the spiders that look the most like mammals. They're, they're thick, they're meaty, they're hairy. Right. They look like mammals. They have ma mammalian features. So now that I've interrogated that, figured out why 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 there's a dis distinguishing like, kind of like difference between them, I'm like, okay, cool. What can I do about it? Um, so what is the safest point on, on my kind of like spectrum of arachnophobia that I can attempt now? What is the closest spider to a, to a tarantula? I don't know. I'll, I'll go find out. Once I found that out, where can I have access to one in London? Are there any spider, spider handlers in London? Cool. Okay, now go, go to a spider handler. Maybe, maybe play with a tarantula whilst you look at other spiders that you're actually afraid of. Mm. Maybe let let the maybe let the spider handle like tell you tell you stuff about the spiders that you're afraid of whilst you play with the tarantula whilst you look at these other spiders. Now that now that you're in play mode, now that you're a bit disarmed, now that you know more about these spiders and how low of a risk they are to you, <laughs> try and put one in your hand. Just just a palm. Just a, just mm. like just doing stuff like that cuz a lot of people think that throwing themselves into the deep end, throwing themselves into sobriety, throwing themselves into serious relationships, being vulnerable, confronting their family, it's kind of, it's kind of redundant if you don't really understand why you're doing it. Yeah. Like if you don't really really get to the crux of of like what does this mean for me? And and am I going to be okay if if this doesn't work out? Cuz I could go to a spider hand and and it make me worse. But mm -hmm. at least I would understand why I'm so afraid. Mm -hmm. This like really ties in with literally the conversation I just had with Isaac. We were talk the whole mm. con the whole episode was about healing. Oh, and then the feeding into like knowing yourself mm. as being like the entry point, the gateway for all of that to create that meaning and understanding, then to kind of create value in your life and stuff. Yeah. And like it's just it's interesting that you should talk about spiders because that's one of my biggest fears mm. like i you see creepy coolies and all that oh i can't yeah. like let me tell you it just spins me like i just, i can do you could put me on a 120 foot building and tell me all right cool you got to stand on the balcony i'm good i'm good you'll I'm do like, that before you do a spider ah like, there's, there's no question of a doubt i'm like send me up there now send me but anyhow, there's a you, spider up there. Oh, my God, that, I'm finished. Are you hearing how mad that sounds? I like? know, I know. And the thing <laughs> is, is that, that's why I think it's so interesting that you use that example because it's mm. like, I've never really stopped to... Let's unpack this. Like, why no, that, am this I... Is, this is why I use the spider example because yeah. I think that um, arachnophobia is one of the most interesting things about the human species, hands down. Mm. Because it's like one of the most like 
absurd and redundant fears, but you can use it as an, as an example because it's yeah. like maybe like a couple thousand years ago, there was a reason for us to be afraid of spiders because certain species might have been toxic to us, whatever. Right, right, right. But right, obviously right. now that now that we've pretty much bred a lot of those species out or like they've naturally like natural selection, all them things, they're... Mm. A local man in the UK meeting at the London, yeah. I'm not gonna come across a black widow. I'm, I'm just not. Yeah. That's not a thing that's gonna happen. Like, right, right, right. so what? What business do I have being afraid? Of, why am I afraid of moths? I mean, I'm not afraid. Of, I'm not afraid of moths anymore. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But do you know it's funny? Like, let's just break this down. This <laughs> yes, firstly, yeah. firstly, I don't leg like how leg. they look. I don't like how they look. Yeah, they don't look right. <laughs> it's, you see, like, there's just it feels. I know they haven't, but it feels like for me when I see them that they got legs growing out of their head. Right. Mm. You know when a child draws a spider and it's a circle and then there's legs all coming around? Oh, I hate that shit. That, that right there. And then I don't like the way that they move so quick. Like they That's don't the even, thing. They, they don't look even, like they're slow. Fam, they don't give me a chance. I was like, by the time I've <laughs> seen you now and I'm panicking, you're just there all about the place. And then, listen. Yeah, so I don't like that. I don't like the fact that they can do ground, they can do ceiling, they can do wall. <laughs> then they've got a web in there. So I'm like, you are just fucking all over the place. Like, they can't even bite. Like, yeah, You can't contain them. Mm-mm. You can't control those motherfuckers. Like a, a, a moth basically can crawl or fly. Mm. Spiders, like they're, they're, it's like Spider-Man, isn't it? No, like, they do they, too they, much. No, nah, it's like, come on now. And then there's no consistency because they could be small, they could be big. <laughs> there's just so many fucking L's. You don't know what you're getting with them. So like, I've, now I'm starting to unpack it. I really don't really fuck, fuck, fuck with them. And yeah. do you know what? God tried to have Bants last year, yeah? <laughs> no, it was either this year, it was the beginning of... It was this year, because the coat I'm wearing, I got this year. Jesus Christ. Why is it that twice... Because I've never had spiders on me in mm. my whole life. Why did I have two mm-hmm. big old spiders? I was in my house, and my partner was like, baby, don't move, don't move, don't move. She's like, and started licking me up. When I saw the big old fucking elephant that pulled mm-hmm. off of... My spirit nearly left the building. <laughs> I swear to God, I said, I'm so... And the thing is now, it's in the yard. Not only was it on me, but it's yeah. in the yard. And then, listen, I couldn't relax for the whole evening. I was mm. fucked up. So it's like, this is probably a conversation for me and my therapist to kind of unpack the deeper mm. meaning of that. But it's again, do you know what it could boil down to? Control. Because no, like I said, cause that, I can't yeah. control them because they're all over the fucking place. Then they've got the audacity to be... One even climbed on my face flannel. My fl- I said, my flannel. My flannel. Mm-mm. My face rag. Out of- <laughs> I said, and you came from outside. Mm-mm. Audacity. And that's probably what it is. And my therapist says, I'm a control freak. Yeah, I like to... Be- you can't control spiders. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose you can control heights because yeah. once you're up there, you're up there. Mm. That's not going to change unless you leave that mm-hmm. space. Anyway, well, of peace. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, like, there was um, <laughs> exposure therapy. But I think there is something to be said that, like, sometimes something something in life can happen that will jolt us into a reaction of, I need to address this. Yeah. But that's not what you're talking about. Actually, it's about self-inquiry, mm. then the external inquiry, then exposure with the appropriate guardrails in mm. accordance to what your journey um, of healing needs to look like mm. because sometimes we can throw ourselves into these deep ends and then it just it really not work out and then you just kind of like re-traumatise yourself mm. and it's like no but I think that you know how you've just broken down kind of really explains some of those practical steps that people can begin to explore yeah. that helps you kind of ascertain that understanding and this takes me on to like something that you mentioned earlier about self-perception mm. so you know we were talking about pictures Right. So it's like just to kind of bridge the gap. 
understanding what makes you feel comfortable and what makes you feel uncomfortable. And mm. there's the external stuff. So spiders, the fear of heights, whatever. But sometimes that like, how comfortable are we within ourselves? Mm. And is some of that discomfort and that dis-ease then manifesting into other things, yeah. right? So like things that make me feel uncomfortable within myself, like if there's too much going on, you see, if there's, say now there was like 15 people in this room. Mm. Uh, it's overstimulus for me. Mm. And then you see if there's 15 different conversations going on and then there's music playing and then there's flashing lights. That is a lot for me. Yeah, I'll, You probably will find me outside there chilling with someone on a one-to-one, yeah. maybe with a drink or something. So like, I know that f- environments that are very chaotic or it feels like there's, there's no structure here kind of throws me off. Cameras used to make me feel very uncomfortable. And I think to a certain extent, because I'm talking to you, I'm not cognizant of them yeah i'm not aware but you see if it's time to sit down and do photos and stuff bruh Ugh. i look like a scarecrow <laughs> that one's long i don't even know what to, i don't even know what to do with my body mm. so like i'm still really learning about what makes me feel uncomfortable but what are some of the things that make you feel uncomfortable and how do you kind of navigate that <sighs> what makes me feel uncomfortable love um I, I i spoke about this in a poem that i performed recently but um i'm basically just this year i've really come to terms with the fact that like i can rationalize my self-worth i I know i'm lovable i i know i can i can say i know this and i know that and i know it because it's it's fact right Mm -hmm. but i don't always feel it so i'm coming to terms with the fact that like i might not always feel like i'm worthy of the love that i see on tv um and i know i know reasons that is for example i'm black and queer (laughs) with dark skin and queer like I, Mm -hmm. i can't avoid that like um I have not not grown up seeing examples of of black queer love. Um, my dad left when I was seven. Um, I can think of a myriad of things. Like I can think of so many rejections throughout life. I can think of times when times when I've believed it, and then life has just just started pamming me, and it's just like you need to humble yourself. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's something that makes sense to me. I can I can say, yeah, I'm afraid of love, like. Right now, I've started like I've started like putting myself out there in terms of dating and stuff like that, and it is so triggering. Dating is more triggering than loneliness for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and why do you think that is? <laughs> um, one because I didn't I didn't plan this. I this always happens to me. I think it might be a curse, but it's every time I'm gonna leave a dating app, I give myself ten swipes. Right, so ten swipes. If you if you if you swipe yes on someone then you get another 10 swipes. Mm-hmm. If But you just keep swiping until you've had 10 no's in a row, right? right? And so I always do this before I delete an app because I don't know, it's just a fun game. I'm like, it's like playing with fate, whatnot. Every time I say I'm leaving an app and I do this game, I end up meeting someone and it's always on the last swipe. I'm like... That's that's freaky. I know. I think I think I low key do it because I'm. I think subconsciously I'm like, okay, do you know what? You're ready to date. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Let's see if let's see if God will allow it. Um, mm-hmm. um but yeah, I I recently played that game. I don't know if I'm saying too much. I actually really don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, I recently played this game and I was just like, do you know what? I'm done with dating. It's about to be. It's about to be a cold winter. Like, let me just accept it. Mm-hmm. Let me get an electric blanket. And then the tenth person was a guy that I had met at a housewarming party. Oh, so, so you've already met before? Yeah, so it's we like a we, we met at the start of the year, like mm. just a one-time meeting. Like he's not from London, um, and uh, me being me, I was like, "Oh, you're not from London." Like, I will be your tour guide, da, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I didn't really think much of it. And then, 
I saw him on I saw him on this app um, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, <laughs> might as well talk to this person, be intentional about it. Yeah. Mm. So I think we've kind of like segued into dating quite oh, naturally. So I like, wish this was wine. Because <laughs> um, I've been in my relationship. Do you know, it feels like so much longer. So I've known the person two and a half years, but because they were, were like, they were in another country. Well, we met when they were here. Okay. Then Sod's Law, the week after we linked, they're leaving and going to the Caribbean indefinitely. Oh. And, oh. and this, and I'm, I'm telling you, I was looking at this, I was looking at this woman in her eyes with the sun bouncing off of her skin. And I was like, this is the one. Why, why? I was like, why is my person leaving? I was like, you know how many dates I've been? <sighs> and I didn't like them, but the one that I really like has to be. So I was... That would like, actually kill me. <laughs> I was fuming. You know, you actually feel like life is doing you like, like, why me? Why me? I said, I said, God, you really have sense of humor, you know. Yeah, I said, this is karma for all the fuckery that I was doing when I was younger. All those hearts that I broke and the disrespect. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is it. So, anyway, we I took a different approach because the old me would have been like, oh, well, there's no, let's just fuck before you leave and then yeah. end it there. But I was like, are you planning to come back to the UK? Yeah, they just don't know when. So I said, so that's. Let's let's entertain. Mm. Let's let's get to know each other. Let's have a conversation because firstly, too much information. I was my time of the month, so I couldn't be having no sex anyway, right? Real. Before they was going, so I'm like, this could afford us an opportunity that we don't really get to have, whereby it's just an emotional connection, and we can explore like through conversation, through distance. Like, do we actually get along? Yeah, and really get to understand the fibers of how this person works without any physical touch, because. Mm. I believe that touch changes everything. Mm. Some people say, oh, sex isn't... I'm like, energies and frequencies and vibrations and stuff. Mm. Someone could just touch you on your shoulder and it can do some things, you know? Mm. So we did that. We did long distance dating for like four months. Yeah, four months. Sure, and that's not that bad because that's that's a London talking stage anyways. Do you know what? <laughs> but I never knew they was coming back at four months. Yeah. That's what it was, it was indefinitely, yeah. but they came back at that stage. And I was like, when they said that they, they when they were coming back, I was like... <laughs> they're coming back like they're coming back shit okay cool and I was really really gasped but then when I said that I'm not going to commit to being in a relationship until you're back yeah because once you're back listen I'm going to be so intentional and let you know that I'm not even in a this dating thing I yeah. want a relationship with you so you know that I'm serious and we're here we're here and we're and we're, and we're and we're solid but the reason why I say that is because I took a completely different approach to yeah. dating. And even when like we were in the talking phases before we even linked, I was like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is how I want to feel. This is what I want from the future. Whereas before I used to play it all too cool for school. Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't really matter. I'm just here, casual, see where things go. I'm like, no, I want a wife. I want children. I want all of the things. Mm. I want a soft life. Mm. Do you know where I'm coming from? And... It gave her the space to either say, yeah, I want that or I don't. And when yeah. she said she did, I was like, <sighs> you know, like, you know, like when you're a child, like hugging your notebook. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, she's fine. Oh, and she's fine, you. fine. You, you need to show me after. Yeah. And I was like, I and love she's, that and she's like, for you. And she's into fitness. Like oh. me. Oh. I was like, and she likes anime and gaming. And I don't like any of those things, but I think they're fucking cool. <sighs> yeah. Do you know? And I was just like, oh my God. Like, and what I loved is that with anime and gaming, that's your thing. Yeah, yeah. You've got your thing that you're into. Like, I'm into my HR. I'm into yeah. my podcast. Like, we've got our things and we can train together. Mm. 
and make couples yeah. content. Uh, I oh, need, I need so to be married cute. now. Nah. Nah, nah, this is what ah, I'm, I'm saying. It. And we're both, Get me out of the street. And we're both Caribbean. <laughs> and the part of Jamaica her people are from are from the same part of the island as me. And that's the. I was like, yes, my granddad nah. would be so happy right oh, now. My days. So like, you really locked out. I can't lie. You tell him, Bridgerton. Let me tell you something. I've kissed the dinosaurs, the frogs, the lizards. Oh, like, <laughs> it has been a fucking intense ride. <laughs> but. And it, I go again, just kind of bring it back. Like it is about that intentionalness and being really vulnerable. Yeah. Because I put my fucking feelings on the line. I thought she could have fucking broke me mm. down early doors. But if I hadn't had done that and I did the whole bravado on the fuckery, mm. I may not have given her the opportunity yeah. to really show me who she was and to meet me where I was at. You mm. know, that was like my little. I love scenario, but I might, I might learn. I might learn from you because I, I think what I'm struggling right now is the, the balance. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know how. Obviously, I don't want to be like I don't want to be stush. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to have that bravado. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pretend to not care. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm still scared to show people how much I really care. Because yeah. sometimes it feels crazy. It's like early dating stages. It's like <laughs> I'm somewhere. It's like I know. I I know if you're for me. Like I know if you're you're somebody who could be for me. Mm-hmm. Like very very soon. Mm-hmm. It takes a while for for me to f- start feeling those feelings, but then I'm like, when I know, I know, in it. Yeah. And I think a lo- uh, the way I date now, it's like by the time that we've even gone on the first date, I'm like, okay, this is somebody that you're gonna have multiple dates with. Like if it's if it's left yeah. down to me, you're gonna have multiple dates. Um. Mm-hmm. So by the time we're on like I don't know like date ten, it's like I'm already like, okay, cool. Well, I like this person. I know I want to keep doing this. <laughs> um, don't really know what that means, and I I I feel scared to express that because. It's, it it can sound like a lot sometimes. It can sound like a lot yeah. to, to to say to someone like, "Oh, hey, like I'm intentional enough to know that I like you and I want to I want to be with you." Like that sounds crazy to some people. Yeah. And also that scares other people as well because it makes them have to confront their own issues with avoidance and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're right. But do you know what the reality of it is? Is that if that's just say that that was their scenario and it scared mm. them, that's just not your person. Mm. That's just it. Definitely. Then I'll fall and die. I can't yeah. do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I've got like three more talking stages left in me. Like, I'm done. Bro, I'm you have got day 87 and you're still linking like, no. <laughs> I'm not being funny. Like, and the thing is that like, being candid, like I'm, I'm not a whore. Like I, mm. I used to be a whore. I'm not a whore. Like me too. I'm a reform whore. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a reform. I have a, I have, I have a surprising, a surprisingly low body count. Not that I believe in body counts. I don't give a fuck mm. about that shit. But it's like, I think people who like know me or follow me on social media, especially Twitter where I talk about sex a lot, they would be very surprised by like how little I give a fuck about sex. Like mm. I was, I think I've been celibate for a total th- three years in total in two different blocks. Um, it's only in, it's only in the last year that I've started being sexually active again, and even still, I don't really care to leave my house just to have sex. Like I really don't care for it. I'm like Facts. to to get on public transport to to spend my money on an Uber. It's it's not giving that. It's like, not that deep. It's not, especially like even if I, let's say let's say someone now pays for an Uber, forty five minutes I get to the yard. That's forty five minutes I could have used to get myself off and then made food, <laughs> gone to bed. So I don't really know what we're doing here. Like if it's just if, wait, I, I'm dating jerk off and ramen. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry, like, like I'm not, I'm not in this thing of like linking just to beat because I'm like, let's let's link to hang out and beat at least. Mm-hmm. Let's link to go grab food and beat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm a, I'm a dater. I'm a lover. I'm a yearner. Like, I can't do, I can't do, do this you know what? anymore. Just on that, you know what? Even when I was younger, I used to use sex as a validation because it's like, yeah, oh, that yeah, person same. likes me. And also, so, and there was an element of a bit of 
like, as a young mass, I'm getting my stripes. Mm. Do you know what I'm mm, saying? Mm, yeah, I chopped mm. that. Yeah, and uh, she was a wildie as well. Like, she was yeah. fine fighter. Like, you're kind of getting your stripes, but it, when that, that, that part of me kind of fizzled out, mm. I was celibate for a long time. I've had mm. really long periods of time of being said, well, long for me is probably a maximum of like two years yeah. and anything from like six months up and so, and I think it's important, you know, mm. celibacy is important. I agree. It I think is... everybody should, should practice it at least once, even if you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. What does right. our relationship look like if we remove sex mm-hmm. for and, four months? And do, do you, can you connect? What does intimacy look like? Mm. Do you still, do you understand why Because I think sometimes, like, with sex, other people's energy will come and interrupt your energy flow. Mm. So it's like, imagine now you plug, like, you're a plug and you plug into the wall, mm. yeah? But then having sex means that you're now plugging into, um, what a thing, what, what that thing called over there? The, uh, uh, um, the extension, extension plug. Yeah. Right. The, the current is a different flow now mm. because it's going from the wall into the extension plug into you. Mm. And just to use that as an analogy, I think sex and touch can really alter your state of being. Mm. It can alter how you see yourself, how you feel. Mm. Because if you're dating someone that's going through some shit, believe me, you're picking up on that frequency. Mm. That energy, that vibration is traveling through you. And you know, when they talk about yoke, being like yoked, hand bonding and all of that stuff, I believe in that stuff. And I think Mm. just to sometimes cleanse, have a whole cleanse, get to know yourself, understand re reconnect with what your actual natural energy looks like without the interference of anyone yeah. anything else mm, i'm a big 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 advocate but it's not no always real. easy no real because i've been i've been casually dating like the last i want to say two months mm. no nobody that i've i've been dating i've had sex with them because i'm like okay so i haven't i haven't told you about my traumas i haven't told you about my about literally just the fact that like dating is triggering for me. Just the fact that like I have a lot of anxieties around dating, mm. vulnerability. I haven't told you about my sexual avoidance and whatnot. And I, I'm like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, it just doesn't. <laughs> it just doesn't. Like you're not you're not a hookup. If it was a hookup, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. But it's like if you're somebody that I'm seeing, why don't we wait to the part where where I feel like you know me a bit better? You have better sex. Not saying that I'm I'm telling that anybody that they should hold off on sex. I'm saying that right mm. now that's what I'm doing and it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not gonna work for much longer. I have needs. Yeah. I have needs. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I feel like for me anyway, the type of person I am and the way that I connect is through emotion. Mm. Like I can't. You could be fine all you like. Yeah. But do you know how many sexy dickheads there are out there? Yeah. Uh, sexy headaches. Yeah. I'm not in it. I'm not in it. I'm an energy and an emotion that you see. If you make me feel some type of weight in myself, mm. I'm like. Now, now you've got me interested because I'm like, okay, and I'm inte- I'm very attracted to intelligence. Oh, same. You see, if you if you're intelligent, or you see if you've got a hobby and you're into something, yeah. oh my god, that is so attractive to me. But that then requires me to get to know you. We have to spend time there. We yeah. have to build that rapport. So that immediate attraction, I think yeah, it can. But I would have to be high or drunk for you to catch me in that moment. Yeah. Do you understand? And I'm not operating in that frequency, not to judge anyone that is. So then what does desire and attraction have to look like outside mm. of those kind of more immediate things? Mm. And it is that more interpersonal thing. And I have to feel comfortable. And the, I think the more comfortable you are with a person, the better sex that you have. Oh, 100%. I can't be at my best self having sex with a stranger because I'm not comfortable, bro. Yeah. I'm not, do you know how many things I'm thinking about? I'm fair, I'm tight. I can't even lie. Does this go here? Like, what am I yeah, doing with my hands? I, and I don't I don't know your body. I don't even, I, I just, imagine if I don't even know your last name. 
Fam? I've been there. <laughs> I think even, I have even to... first. Even first name, I quite like I've been there. Very true. Yeah, you're outside. Girl, you're outside. Grinder, innit? I've never... I don't even know what the app looks like. I'll are there, are there girls after. on there? Huh? There's trans girls. Just... Oh. Yeah. Oh, so is it mainly like a male-dominated app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's The fair. app was made for men, but then they opened it up to trans women as well. Oh, okay, that's, which... that's fair. Good for them, but also there's so many risks involved. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, but I feel like I'm like you because, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you already know this. Most of my sexuality revolves around my friends. Hmm. Not necessarily like, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm out here fucking my best friends, but I'm saying as in like, people who I have acquired that level of comfort with, where it's like, if I was drunk throwing up, I would trust you to like, I don't know, wipe the, wipe the shit from my house. Not that you would have to, but as in like... I understand, yeah. So it's like... When I think of the the people that I would, especially being sexually avoidant, in my ideal world, there are certain friends that I have now where I'm just like, I wish we could just have sex just so that I've broken the ice and so that it's allowed me to feel comfortable having sex with other people again. Mm. Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Okay. Especially because I I'm feel like most of, my, most of my sexual history was before I had fully accepted that I was autistic. And so I was always masking. I don't know what it's like to have sex without masking. Like, and yeah. that's really sad to me. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I mean, there's probably one or two times. But, yeah, it's like, I I don't know what it's like to have sex as me. I'm a completely different person now. Mm. Like, I've broken my celibacy in, in other ways, but I haven't had, like, full-blown penetrative sex. Have I? That's a lie. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but without that was a whole Maury moment. Yeah, but without the without without narcotics or drugs or, yeah, yeah. or alcohol being involved, like, like sober. Yeah, like it's just two just humans raw in a room. Humanity, like it, do you know, it's frightening. Daylight. Like, <laughs> do you know how many people can't have sex sober? Most people. Yeah, it's fucking um, frightening, bro. Like, j- listen, your ass is exposed. Excuse the pun, but yeah. like it literally is like it is a very intense, real sobering moment where you have to sit in your insecurities all of the shit that you may have complexes about or mm. might not feel comfortable you've got us and now you're in front of someone yeah and then on top of that you've got to perform yeah hey, it's, like, it's, a, it's a it's a it's, it's um, pure like it, pardon pun but it's like pure nudity like yeah like you are naked in that moment like mm-hmm. um, do you know what just on that i feel like there should be stages so like I think there should be you should develop intimacy before sex. Yeah. So even being able to lay naked with someone and cuddle. Yeah, that's like, my dream. Oh. Like that <laughs> for me that should be part of the pathway to mm. get there. But like there's so many steps that I think sometimes are missing. But also before I even forget, mm. you're talking about masking, and I think that there are the majority of us mm. are masking. And doing things in a way that we think need to be done. So me and yeah. Sadie Sinner had a conversation about like with mass presenting people. We're all a lot of us are in service, so mm. we're doing the deed. But do we feel how how do we receive love and intimacy and sexual mm. pleasure and openness without feeling like a bitch? Because bro, like no one, I don't want to be taught skin out. Look at now, you fucking great. No, nah, <laughs> like in the air, toast yeah, you got, you got me looking crazy. <laughs> But what does that freedom and liberation look like within the realms of being a masculine person or female mm. or whatnot? But, um, yeah, go on. Forgive me for overstepping. And listen, ma- mask, mask babes, please don't fight me. I love you all down. I think that a lot of mask presenting women forget that, like, being masculine or, like, it, mm. being masculine doesn't mean being masculine all the time. Yes. For example, obviously, the, the stereotypical model of, like, masculinity is men. Mm-hmm. Especially in the context of like black people, we've been socialized to think that dark skinned men are the most masculine type of person, which obviously is is colorist and wrong. But um, but I'm like, 
the the most masculine or the most the most like comfortable boys I know or boys who are the most comfortable in the masculinity it's like yes they might be like very a masculine and dominant eighty percent of the time but then they are also so comfortable in themselves that when they're around friends or like when they're having a silly moment they might like let out like a high pitched giggle or like mm. they might just like they might like act girly because they're so comfortable in their masculinity but I feel mm. like when people are trying to emulate masculinity they 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 leave out the, the they leave out the freedom. It's yes. uptight. You're, you know, you're, you're, you have not overstepped at all. I think you've just trod the line of truth. Like, Real. it's, for one, toxic masculinity. We mm. learn to, we learn what masculinity is through the lens of, quote-unquote, patriarchy. And sometimes I feel like even that word, it's lost power, you know, mm. in terms of what it can mean. But we see it on TV. Yeah. And when you think of, like, like you said, black men, how, how that shows up. Yeah. And then it's like how to get gal, so you need to do this, 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 and this. And you, before you know, you've developed this whole stupid playbook of stuff that yeah. doesn't actually give you space to be yourself. Yeah. Because you're playing this role, ultimately. Um, I think understanding that masculinity doesn't mean bench press, bicep curl, strap ons, yeah. shave, fade. It don't mean none of that shit. Like, masculinity can mean um it can be soft mm. it be, can be tender mm. it, be, can, it can be kind it can be saying to your friend like my friend I school the other day I was like I love you bro I fucking love you I actually love you to bits mm. that's masculinity too it's allowing someone to stroke your head do mm. you know where I'm coming from it could be allowing yourself to um have a nice bubble bath with somebody called romance. And so mm. it, it doesn't always have to be so fucking abrasive. Yeah. And action, action. You mm. know, it can be very soft, but there's a lot of us that are scared to be vulnerable because if you're soft, sometimes you're weak. Yeah. Because there will always be a masked person that's more solid than you. Mm. So then does that create risk? So if you think about Man Lemon Road, mm. the moment you start showing any vulnerability now, that means that someone could come in maybe take your girl. Mm. That means that maybe you're acting too feminine so your girl don't like that. Mm. Maybe, I does it quest, challenge your perception of being a man? Now you're acting like a bitch. Mm. There's all of this shit that, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, do, it, do, uh. it doesn't. And to go back, there's a podcast called The No Homo Podcast, yeah? Shout mm. out to man. They're over in the States. I, I quite like their content. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I've listened to an episode. Yeah, and I, I reposted something couple days ago and they were talking about the idea of masculine and feminine mm. within lesbian relationships and it was to mask so they could go out in public but um what's the word i'm looking for you're portrayed the people think that you're straight mm. so you're not seen as a gay couple so you're not getting arrested and all of this shit but yeah. now it's become there's a whole social nature to it in terms of fashion clothing you wanted to be that guy you need to submit that all of this shit, it was never actually about like it was yeah. just a way to get through in life uh, and in some ways just express some of your normal flair but yeah. we've gone so far that you've got mass presenting people that are behaving like fucking fresh and fit <laughs> and fucking Andrew Tate <laughs> and they're talking about bitches ain't no good I said hold on a minute now hold on a fucking minute now are you not a gal too <clears throat> get the fuck out of here with that that's stuff that's what I'm saying like, uh... you know but I, I think you're, you're onto something but then how and when you translate that to sex now oh that, not, I don't, a lot of them are not enjoying themselves that's why they're uptight. Six years worth of not coming, bro. That'll make anyone stressed. Yeah, I even see it play out in like <clears throat> in like queer men as well because it's just yeah. like obviously I don't know I don't know if you're privy to this but there's this new word, there's this new word side. 
So it's like, obviously, like, on an app like Grindr, you might put, like, your sexual position. Like, am I a top? Am I a bottom? Am I a verse top? Which means, like, you're a top who, like, might might switch it up a little bit. Okay. Um, if you're pure verse, which means, like, you want to give and receive, like, most of the time, like, always. Um, verse, bottom, etc. Okay. So side now is kind of, like, people who are decentering penetrative, penetrative sex, right? Mm. People who are understanding that, like, oral sex is sex. Mutual masturbation is sex because if if it's not, then how the fuck do lesbians have sex? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like um, without without without. No, I hear it though. Yeah, well, I hear it's like, but like all all, all sex is sex, so it's, it it doesn't need like you don't need to you don't need to be putting dick and hole for it to feel like for, for it to, for it to be, be valid or whatnot. Mm. So it's like okay, now let's figure out what we actually want to do. It's like. A lot of the time, having sex is so inconvenient for bottoms. And honestly, like, big up, big up my bottoms for, for the amount of effort that you put in. Um, but, and and even, like, a lot, a lot of... <laughs> I feel like a little kid giggling. <laughs> but, no, even... And then, like, even, like, I've seen... Because I, I wouldn't describe myself as top or bottom. Like, mm. honestly, don't really care. Mm. Um, but... Um, I'm even seeing like a lot of tops being like, oh yeah, I have. I mean, I have this as well. I have so much performance for performance anxiety when I'm topping. Mm. I I'm, get so in my head. I'm I'm constantly wondering like if my stroke game is alright. If if this is right. If like it makes me overthink. Like, right. and it's exhausting as well because it is a physical activity. It's like without being crude, fam. Without being crude, it's like stroke. Like strokes are exhausting. It's exercise. Hold the plank. It's, 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 hold that how many people can hold plank position or even do press up position Bam. or somebody who hasn't even run the bleep test in 10 years is now expected to do how long can you squat acrobatics. I can squat for a while no but in general like, listen there's a lot of leg action and squat. that's what I'm saying like, it's, it's, it's actually physical. exhausting like, it's very very exhausting like yeah. this is why sex burns a lot of calories <laughs> so I'm like okay if we're, if we're accepting that sex is like a physically strenuous and inconvenient and a lot of the time uncomfortable experience for everybody mm. then what do we need to change mm-hmm. how we have sex right. we need to decenter. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, I feel like a politician now but it's like okay for, for me personally my, my ideal sex life would be like okay like or mutual masturbation often, oral often, like lo- mm. low low effort stuff, like naked cuddles, like like edging, even decentering orgasming. Where it's like, uh, not every time we we do stuff, the the goal needs to be orgasming. The goal needs to be intimacy and enjoyment. Interesting. I've ha- I've had sex and like had fun without coming. I can say that I've not had that. Real, but my my yeah. my fun is like the giggling when when we switch positions or like and the so conversations much. we're having during yeah. sex, getting to admire each other's bodies, like the the pleasure that you feel when you're being touched, um, and you. It's you're enjoying the process. Yeah, it's like enjoying the process. Because sometimes you are very much focused on the end goal, whether it yeah, be it's like, I'm trying to, get to make to this goal. person come. Yeah, yeah, that 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 because you spoke about all the different types of exhaustion. It is mentally exhausted. That's what if I'm, you've got yeah. that on your mind for real, for real. For real, I uh, hear that. <laughs> um, so literally, if every part of it's exhausting, um, yeah. So my ideal sex life would be, oh yeah, like we can we can have penetrative sex, like however often we decide to, but mm. it doesn't need to be. It, it doesn't need to be the goal. The main show. If there's a month where where neither of us is up to scratch, we just pick up in other ways. Mm. We can still make each mm. other nut without without putting dick in a bum. Like, <laughs> like. That's, do you know what though? It makes sex more accessible. Yeah. Especially people that have got, um, they work long Nine days. Five, and kids. Like, yeah, it, 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 that's fair enough. Warehouse shifts. Enough. Like, I, Sorry, I do not want to stand on my feet at a warehouse for 10 hours and then come and have to, uh, yeah, I'm not doing it. Fuck you. We're doing like, gymnastics and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not. But I think that often puts a lot of people off when you hear that, oh yeah, I've got a headache. Oh, I'm really tired. I've had a long day. People finding excuses to try and opt out because there feels like there's the, 
a pressure or an expectation and I think that yeah. actually can kill your sex life as well. It's so unhealthy, and like. I I personally think, you know, in your relationship, whether mm. it's you're seeing someone, you're dating someone, you're, or you're in a committed relationship, in my opinion, for me, I think it's really about getting to know that person yeah. on a very deep basis that you're how they think how they mm. feel how they relate to things how they respond how they trigger a lot of it is not to do with physical it's a lot to do with the brain yeah the brain the spirit and the soul like your body for me is very much just a vessel that carries your soul and your spirit mm, right mm, mm. You, you, we have no we didn't have any say about the bodies that we were given no one had mm. a say it's just a container right for the gel off <laughs> right so with that being said, it's like there's such an emphasis on physical, but are we placing more, are we placing equal or more value on the internal things? Mm. So it's like someone might say, oh, I know how to break their back. I know how their body ticks in the bedroom. But, Good yeah, for you. but I'm like, but do you know their, their social triggers? Do you know why they mm. have social anxiety? Do you know the how you can support them as their partner mm. to reduce that anxiety? You know, all these little things. And I'm, I'm, I'm so intrigued by um the way that, an individual how like the mind works mm. that I understand like in the dating scenario like you said it can be really scary mm. and it can scare people off but I think if we're not able to have those kind of intimate conversations and expose who we truly are as a people then I'm not necessarily convinced that we're even ready for a relationship or mm. even ready to be having sex mm. because you can show your nyash but you can't talk about your deep fears mm. do you know where I'm coming from yeah. how is it like I'm sure I've slept with people that they even know I've got arachnophobia. Mm. That's mad to me. And if you get, imagine now we're in the bedroom, then I see a spider on the ceiling. You I'm start finished. freaking out, and they, they look and at you like, like you're mad. That <laughs> <laughs> we need to call one one one. Yeah. Or we need to call your mum. We need some assistance. So I think that there is this kind of deeper thing. But I want to get into like tips, dating tips. Yeah. So like for you, what are what some of your dating etiquette? What is your approach to dating? Mm. Um, and what are you like your non-negotiables yeah um well i am a big user of the apps love hinge down like people love to shit on hinge love it mm. hinge has never failed me the only the only time hinge has failed me is when i failed myself right? right and that's because i haven't gone in with intention so when i before i open the app i should know what kinds of people do i want for what purposes because most of the time most of us don't aren't just looking for one thing it's like i might see certain people and be like oh yeah this person's laying like i want to fuck them let me swipe right right but I probably wouldn't date them. I can already tell from their profile that this is not somebody that mm. I would date, whatnot. Okay, well, know that because that will change how you approach them. It might change how what kind of conversations you have. There might be more a bigger sense of urgency. If this is somebody that I want to be sexually intimate with, I, I might want to make that known sooner rather mm. than doing... So Obviously, politeness is key, but like without, I'm not going to do the same conversations about like... What's your favourite movie? And like, I don't know, like, um, what's trying your dream? to serenade, serenade them out their boxes. Yeah, like, there's no need. Because then, then I'm selling, selling you a dream. Like I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. um, but then there might be somebody that I see on Hinge where I'm like, this person, I really like their style. They look like my type. Um, the height, I can see that, I mean, you don't drink. You might see that someone doesn't, obviously you're in a relationship now, but you mm -hmm. might see that someone doesn't drink on their profile. Okay, this is somebody that I, I have common ground with. I know that like, we could at the very least go out to eat together without me feeling the social pressure to drink. Right. Um. Right. So that is a safe activity for us to do. Let me start a conversation. Oh, like, I see. I see you don't drink as well. Like me either. Like I'm however many years sober. Like da da da. da like how, what about you? Cool. It's a completely different. Like, you need to know what you want from people. Mm. Um. And 
also kind of know that you when it comes to dating i always say this it's like i know a lot i i i think i'm someone who knows a lot more than a lot of people yeah and i do have that arrogance because it's a fact but i also i also um operate in the assumption that like i don't know anything at all right so when i'm dating i don't know anything i don't know anything about myself because how how we date changes from year to year from person to person i dated last year not the same as me dating this year at all. I'm like, okay, cool. So I know nothing about myself, so I need to pay attention. Um, so how am, how are certain things making me feel? What am I desiring from people? Um, what what are my hesitations? Because I think what you hesitate to say or what you hesitate to do says a lot more about about you how you're feeling than like a lot of other things. Mm. When I when I've been dating recently, I I found myself hesitating to to kiss someone like someone that I really wanted to kiss hesitating to put my arm around their shoulder, hesitating to, to like make the first move. If you see me in any other social setting, I've never been afraid to kiss someone. In fact, I love being the person to initiate it. So I was like, okay, cool. What, I was like, okay, cool. Why are you hesitating then? Mm, I was, yeah, I was what's like, going on? Yeah, okay. So you think that this is somebody you, you might really like eventually. You, you're, you're, you're scared because this is real. Like You're scared because making that first move is setting setting yourself down a long path of of potential insecurity of vulnerability and whatnot um so you're thinking that maybe if you're avoidant maybe this person will assume that you don't like them or maybe this person will be more cold towards you and as soon as someone acts cold towards you you know that your avoidant instinct is going to make you run and you're going to self-sabotage i'm like okay so where do we go from here so i found myself physically unable to make the first move so i said it i was like oh um just to let you know like i'm 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 really attracted to you like I'm high as fuck right now. Um, I've been thinking about how to make a move on you for the last hour and a half. I'm just letting you know. And then he was just like, oh, like I could I could tell. And then I just like, I just relaxed. And then he mm. kissed me and it was fine. Mm. <laughs> and like, so I think hesitations. That's that, that, that right there is important because I tell you something. I, I've, when I was like, mm, no, do you know what? I, I was about to say when I was younger, lies. Like I've, de- <laughs> I've definitely made created scenarios where that I'm sure women have thought that I'm not into them because I haven't mm. made that move, but I've just couldn't find the angle mm. because I don't want to come across rapey. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where I'm coming from? Or come across hungry, mm. but then and hungry then, but is then, a big one. Mm, it's not cute. And then sometimes also when you know you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable, whatever it is, and then but you come across creepy or you're coming across off and you it's yeah. better to make no move than the wrong move kind yeah. of thing. And I think even if I had that vocabulary at that time to say, okay, this is what's going on for me. Yeah. Um, this is what I would like in this scenario. It really allows someone to meet you where you're at mm. and just affording them that. But sometimes when you hold your card so close to your chest yeah. that it creates this whole scenario where I'm sure there's quite a few women that have been like, yeah, I don't think Meg was really into me. Yeah, like, in actual so fact, so closed off. Da, 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 da. But mm-hmm. <laughs> whole time you're there thinking like, am I doing this? Like, how do I do that? Da, da, da. I'm doing the most inside, but yeah. on the outside I'm cool as a cucumber. Like, yeah, da, da. yeah, it's full of shit. I've been, mean, I was full of shit, mate. Yeah. But I think there is something beautiful, and like you said, just being, if you can tap into all of those little intricacies of what am I feeling, mm. knowing that it's all nuanced, it's all different. So like, it's, I think with the app situation it can create a scenario where it feels very plug and play because you're interacting with each individual on the app in the same way but mm. actually being cognizant of the fact that actually we like you, the way that you might respond to this person is different and giving mm. yourself that chance and not feeling like oh i have to show up as this in order to have this outcome no like there's many ways 
in mm. which that can be ultimately that can be achieved mm. so like do you like long time do you want to like have a family or get oh, married God. or where like where are you at with all of that if stuff? i cry i cry um yeah i, I oh that's crazy no you know you know when you haven't heard yourself say something out loud before mm. it's like yes i want to fall in love i want to i want to have a stable relationship eventually move into it together I want to get married. I want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and in I'm, God I'm we such trust. a dad. Huh? I said in God we trust. Like, I yeah. want to be a parent, but I don't know if I'll be a good parent. Do you know why? Because like, you see when people get on my nerves too frequently, I'm just mm. like, oh, allow me. Like, I, but I know that but you're you love for your children. Space your kids. Yeah. But I know like with your children, there's there's a different kind of love and connection. But mm. I'm worried that like my kids are going to piss me off and I'll be sick and tired of them. I'm like, no. I need, I need to be out of here. I need mm. to be, fu- I need to get out of here. This is fucking killing me. Yeah. Like, you know, like a toxic relationship that yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. run and I'm scared that I'm going to run. I want, I'm going to want to run away from my own kids. Yeah. No, same. Same. Do you get what I'm like, if, I can't like, if my kids are bad vibes, yeah, I'm going right. to run away. Like, yeah. like <laughs> it's just facts. Like, cause no, because I've come home from a long fucking day of, of shooting or whatnot. Yeah. And you're, you're just there looking at me with your stupid bug eyes. <laughs> Talking to me about, oh, yeah, like, I, I spilled paint all over the... Shut up, bruv. Like, like. <laughs> and you know, like, for example, you come home and it's something that you love is mash-up. Uh, no, and it's that's, like, mm. I'm like, look, like, I've had done a 12-hour day and you're coming and mashing up my I know I have to cook. Or when they get to 16 and they want to be trying to... I'm like, ah, hold on, wait, excuse me, what? Like, I don't know if I've got the gumption mm. to deal with that kind of test of... Like, it, 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 it does scare me, but... I know that the partner that I have will be very good mum because they work with kids. They're okay. very good with kids. I've got a good mum. Mm. I that, think you'll surprise yourself as well. Because the things I can really get into, into like a kid's world mm. and come out of myself as an adult into like trying to see where they're at. And, but it's when they start carrying on with the fuckery mm. because I, my fuckery barometer is my tolerance. Mm. You know, I'm like, listen, like after five years, I'm sick and tired of you, kid. Like, mm. you know, but glow, we're at time, my friends. <laughs> this is we we've been all over the fucking. This has shop. been so fun. <laughs> I feel okay. so ready for my date now. I can't lie. Yeah, uh, do you know what? Good luck for you. If we, what, so you haven't got to tell us the ins and outs. But what kind of day is it? Dinner date, drinks date, walking day. We are going for food and drinks. Oh, we, and I'm gonna get wasted today because this is someone that I've already met before. I'm just like I, I'm not. Obviously, I'm trying to impress him, but I don't really care. Um, and I'm going out later, so I'm like, this is pre-drinks for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the warm up oh gosh yeah I'm nah, um, well, probably going to go on a nice walk because obviously this area is really nice well, it's, it's not too far from here okay um, might, might go for a walk see the city lights oh I love a good walk you know because sometimes like dinner's too intense for me you see when I don't know you and I'm sitting looking at you in your face and it's just a lo- I like to do activities when I'm first getting to know each other because mm. then then I can have fun and we can be playful and all of that stuff mm. and then as I get more comfortable, then I can sit down and do the drinks and have the more one-on-one. But I find in the initial stages, that like, it's quite intense. Mm. Actually, I went for, me and my partner, our first date was the park. I love that. And you know, I got rinsed. I got told, mm. like, well, not by her, but someone told me that that's like a dead date. Like, you can't do that. I was like, excuse me. I, I love was, the park. It is, a, especially if you find a nice park and it's got woodlands and it's got meadowy sides. Because it means you can choose what you get to eat. You have free open space. Right. You get to sit, like... You can cuddle if you want, and it's it's not socially unacceptable. Right, exactly. But if Blanky. it's summer, you might you might you know do stuff outside. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> what in the name of voyeurism or exhibitionism is going on right listen, here? <laughs> listen, listen. Do you know what as well? And like, um, 
it's a at that time it was a not a smoke free zone so like you know that it just it afforded me the freedom to navigate the space in a way that felt comfortable rather than having to adhere to the social etiquette of that particular mm. space you know but yes enjoy your day Thank I you. definitely um well do you know what I'm sure I'm sure we will all have a keen interest we'll be looking we'll be seeing you know when does glow settle down who is this person yeah if you want to hear me talk about love sex and dating more um check out the link in my instagram bio for my podcast chirps yeah. hurts and plug all of your socials where the people them can find you yeah my instagram and my tiktok are glow and e which is g-l-o-w-i-n-y that is glow i-n-y um my link trees in my bio all the shows that i've been on this year and last year and stuff are there my podcast is there um yeah yeah, pretty much it. And you know where to find me, Meg Talks Online on Instagram. And there's a link in my bio to all of the different spots where you can find me. And as I was saying, we're going to be on YouTube, baby. I'm actually really yeah. scared because I take a lot of YouTube in. So, like, the idea that I'm going to be there now is it, it's that's going to be wild. you. Yes, it's wild. It's freaking me out. But anyway, I digress. Peeps, we're out. See you later. We're out. See you later.